This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus. Genesis chapter 2 with verse 18, and and this is he's going to focus in on Adam after he's placed him in the garden and told him he can eat of any fruit of the tree, but he can't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, And the reason is because that produces death. In fact, that fruit is poisonous. The law is poisonous. It is death. And he says, and the Lord, in verse 18, it says, and the Lord God, notice that that's Jehovah God, that's Jesus, that's the pre-incarnate Christ coming down to uh, his creation and intimately being involved in it. And uh, I love that. I love to see that and to think about that. And I hope you do too, but he is intimately involved in that which he created. He said, it is not good for man that man should be alone. And that is a very key idea for just living life. And uh, I think you need to know that idea and you need to understand that idea as to living life because understanding the principle and then also ordering or setting up your life such that you understand uh, the importance of that principle is key, I think, to to joy, to peace. It's, a key, it's key to uh, really understanding who you are and what God is doing in your life. The principle is this, that God exists in a relationship. His very existence, his very nature is a relationship. What do you mean by that? Well, he's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. His very existence is a communal relationship, a relationship in community together with with everyone else, oneness with everyone else, building those relationships. And that relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is not superficial. It is not superficial. It is genuine. It's real. And it's based off of self-sacrifice. It's based off of giving of yourself so that someone else might be able to experience the very best of life. And understanding that God has made us in his image or in his likeness, God has made us in his image and in his likeness, understanding that and coming to terms with that and realizing that God in making us that way and making us like him, that God in doing that made us uniquely uniquely capable, uniquely wanting deep personal relationships, deep communal relationships that actually speak to the very heart and the very center of a person's being. Understanding and knowing that God had made us that way, you understand that you need to become good. You need to become a practitioner of deep personal relationships where you actually, in your life, you actually, in your life, do your best to to self-sacrificially give to others, so that you understand and so that you that you you get what is important in life, and that is relationship. And he said, when God made man in the garden, he gave him everything. I want you to notice, he gave him everything. He made him a perfect place. In fact, in fact, whenever we want to, whenever we want to speak of paradise. 
we oftentimes use the word Eden, and Eden is where the garden was placed. The garden was planted in Eden. And when and when when he made that garden in Eden, Eden is a place of paradise. Adam had everything that he could ever want or ever desire. He had everything that he could ever want or ever desire in the Garden of Eden. He had all that he needed there. And yet it was insufficient. And yet it was insufficient. I want you to notice this. He not only had everything he needed there, he had God there. He had God, and God had formed him out of the dust of the ground, and God hadn't just placed him down in there like a like a uh, army ranger on patrol. He didn't drop him from a helicopter or parachute him in from an airplane and just leave him in the garden all by himself to be alone. It's not like that TV show on the History Channel that I like so much that comes out usually at about this time of year where where people are put out alone and they survive on their own. And really, the truth is few of them can make it past a few weeks, and most of them can't make it past a couple of months, even though they have all the skills and all the tools it takes to actually survive. And in fact, most of them are trained survivalists. Most of them are, are trained people who know how to gain food in the wintertime. They know how to build shelters. They know how to forage and they know how to live off the land. Even though all of them are doing that, they struggle and they struggle intently with the aloneness of being alone. They, Adam was not left in the garden alone. He was not by himself. It was not a situation where Adam was was cut off from real relationship. He had a relationship with God. He did. And God met with him regularly in the garden. It wasn't that Adam didn't have God, but God uniquely in his making of us made us desirous of relationships, made a place in our lives that it's necessary that we have personal relationships. And when he looked at Adam in the garden, he said, it is not good that man or Adam, that's the word there, it's not good that Adam should be alone. I love it that it doesn't use the very general word for man. It uses actually Adam. He said, it ain't good for Adam to be by himself. It's not good for man to be alone. It is negative. It's not good. It's not perfect. It's not how I made things to be. It's not what I desired things to be. It's not good that man should be alone. We were made for personal relationships. We were made for healthy interpersonal relationships. We were made for relationships that push each other forward and make each other better. And I say that all the time to especially my children, that your relationships in life should be relationships that make you better. They should be relationships that push you forward. They should be relationships that cause you to be changed in a, a good way. I hear so many things, so many things about marriage, and I've been doing marriage counseling for 25 years. I, I hear so much about people say, he's just trying to change me, or she just wants me to be changed. Well, and I love shouldn't force someone to change. But wrong, wrong. That's not true. Just not true at all. In fact, my relationship, my greatest relationship of love in life is with God. Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for me. Did he have to change in order for me to have the very best? Absolutely he did. How did he have to change? He had to disrobe himself of glory, come down here as a man, walk and become familiar with the suffering of mankind and go to a cross and die for me. I would say, and be permanently marred by that cross. I would say most definitely that Jesus Christ underwent great change in the sense of 
he left glory to be with me. That is that by its very nature, by its very design, by its very uh, purpose, that that by itself proves that God understands that change is necessary in a relationship. Change, if you're going to grow closer together, a good relationship, a relationship that has meaning and difference is by definition going to change you and it's going to change others. And, and change and growth and maturity are born in relationships. And so if you're in a situation in life where you're going around all the time and, and you're undesirous of, you're undesirous of being changed, you, you want somebody to accept you and receive you as you are. I can tell you this, God does that. He'll take you just as you are and then he'll begin to change you completely. And let me tell you, if you find somebody that's worth having for a future as far as an intimate to interpersonal relationship, if you find somebody like that and that relationship does not change you or alter you or make you more and complete you and make you better, if that's not going on, that's not a good relationship for eternity. That's not a good relationship for long-term value in life. Relationships of depth and importance should be giving. They should be self-sacrificial. And by definition, self-sacrificial relationships change the world, and they ought to change other people. Getting down off my soapbox right now, moving on. He said, I will make him a helper comparable to him. I'm not sure why the King, New King James uses that word comparable, but what he's saying is, I'm going to make someone to come along and help him. Obviously, what that means is Adam needed help. And I think it's think it's of great significance and importance that it's not good that man, the key phrases here are, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for Adam to be alone. And it's not good. And we need, he needs some help. That's basically what's going on there. He said, it's not good for him to be alone and he needs some help. And help does not mean to work. Help does not mean to do his job. Help does not mean help does not mean to uh, to in some way Adam is insufficient for what God made him for. Help means he needs somebody to walk along with him in life and help him through life. And you know what? Oftentimes, when you're going through life, sometimes I have to evaluate when Kathleen's telling me something. I have to evaluate whether or not this is one of those situations where she wants help in the sense of me giving her some advice or telling her what I think should happen, or she needs me just to listen and uh, do nothing about it. And you say, one, one of them's helping and the other one's not. That's not true. It's not true. One of them, they're both helping. One of them is providing some insights into something that maybe she just wants another perspective on. The other one is she just wants me to help her by being someone to listen. And what help in life is not necessarily always something that you can see and tangentially touch. You can, it's tangible out there that you can just grab hold of. Help is a relationship of understanding, a relationship of love. And oftentimes it does require self-sacrifice. It does require that you actually genuinely care about someone and your thoughts are on them in the matter that they're dealing with. Your thoughts are on them and what they're struggling with in the everyday goings on of life. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And he does make a helper that is exactly from him. He says, out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air. I Meaning, he's going back to when he made all the beasts of the field and bird of the air, and he brought them to Adam. Meaning, he brought them to Adam so that he could look and so that he could see, interact with all these animals. And uh, 
And he said, and Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam named the living creatures. This is important. This is a very, I could actually preach a whole sermon on this. This is a important understanding that when you name someone, you have, you have set the course of life for them. You in many ways have, have tried, you in some ways have placed them in a direction that not necessarily was chosen by them. You name your children that we know that we've always done that since the beginning. Man has named his offspring. Why? Because he sets the course of their life because they came from, from their mother and father. And so we name them. Oftentimes when we give people names in this world, they're not good names. And that effectuates them, that affects their lives. And it is important that we learn not to do that, that we learn to, 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 when we're trying to understand people and deal with people, because by the way, we need them. I don't know if you've noticed this Bible studies about that. We need people and we need interpersonal relationships. I don't need the government. I don't need an institution. I don't need a organization. I need other people. And because people are parts of institutions and governments and organizations, they're somewhat palatable and acceptable to me. But the truth is, the truth is that in any organization, in any group of people, the people are what matter. And the organization, it can come or go as it is. I don't care. But the people are what are important from any situation and from any group. And I've been a non-institutional type person my whole life because I believe institutions and organizations and especially bureaucracies, oftentimes what God does through people, because people become loyal to this entity that really has no value and they lose their loyalty to people who have value. And he says he, he called them by name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle and all the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam... There was not found a helper comparable to him. Like I said, I'm not sure from the Hebrew why they use that word comparable. I, I did. I spent about 30 minutes on that last night, and I'm not sure why the King James uses comparable. I, it literally says there was not found a helper to him or for him. And I always think of my relationships and is the person that I'm having the relationship with is the person that I'm in a relationship with. Am I helping them or are they helping me or worse yet? Are we not helping each other at all? If I'm not helping them, then that relationship probably is something that I need to focus in on. If they're not helping me and I'm not helping them, then there's strong likelihood that relationship is a toxic relationship. It's a problem. And it needs to be either fixed or it needs to be separated for a while. So many relationships in life are toxic in nature. They're, neither side are helping each other. And if you're not helping each other, you're dying. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. If you're not becoming more, you're becoming less. If you're not living, you're dying. And in life, uh, relationships need to be, by definition, they're very important that we understand. They need to be have some depth. They need to be relationships where we help each other. And uh, if if you are in a relationship out there and you're just really not sure why you're in that relationship, and the truth is you're of no help to them and they're no help to you, I can promise you this, y'all are both dragging each other to the bottom. You should be a, a life changer, a world changer, a hope giver. You should be doing that all the time. 
in your relationship. And by the way, if you say, I'm in a marital relationship or a covenant relationship with somebody and we're not helping each other, I want to get out of it. That's your fault. Did you hear what I said? That is your fault. Okay. You entered a covenant relationship, which requires self-sacrifice. If you're not helping them and they're not helping you, there's one end of that stick that can be fixed and that's your end of it. You can start helping them. You can start actually investing into them. You can actually start giving and becoming someone of importance in their life. And if you're not, that's your problem. That's your problem. Okay. That's not their problem. That's your problem. And it needs to be worked on and fixed. I've had several boxes that I've stood on this morning. I've beat some dead horses. And uh, well, I've gone through the gamut of things this morning as we've gone through these three verses. They're very important verses into understanding how life is lived. And they're very important verses to understand how you were created to be. And when you understand them, that the most important things that we deal with each and every day in life is not our job. It's not our personal possessions. It's not our homes. It's not our houses. It's the people that are around us and the intimacy of those relationships. If we, if you will, if we will understand that and we will invest in those relationships as if we are invested in a 401k plan, as if we're investing in life itself, if we'll begin to do that, we'll have God's very best going on in our lives and we will be finding the things that are the most important. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.